Hello, day night fam. Tony and Bree back with you from our little broom Hello. closet. Hello. Yes, I miss doing this with you, my Me love. Me too. I'm glad we did the guy episode and the in-laws with mama, but I don't want to lose that love and feeling, if you know what I mean. Oh, is that Top Gun? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Love it. Well, we actually are going to be talking about love today. Love. Yes, we are. But first, I need to read a DM from Stefina. It says, hi guys, I'm Stefina from India. Just wanted to share that my husband and I love and are so blessed by your podcast and we're a baby couple only Hmm. a year since we said I do. We're waiting to migrate to the States and serve at our local church after seminary. And our first year of marriage came with so many challenges, but God is so good and faithful, causing us to look more like Jesus every day. So Thank you for your honesty, vulnerability, and just putting yourself out there and sharing about your own sin struggles, temptations, and God's great mm. victory. Stefina, what a privilege to serve the King. Come visit Mission Bible when you get out here and tell your hubby to finish seminary strong. Yay! <laughs> okay. You ready for this, my love? Yes. Ethan, you ready? Let's do it. All right. So big question for you. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Can you guess what is only two weeks away? Mm, Super Bowl. (laughs) What? (laughs) You're actually almost right. I'm happy actually that that was your answer. That's very cute. Oh. Uh, Anything else? A holiday? Kisses candy? Other than the Super Bowl? Valentine's. Yes. Everyone needs to know that's what happens when you get old. You don't even remember (laughs) Valentine's Day. So true. Well, we never really celebrate on the actual day anyway, because we just have a date night. Now, that actually is another thing that I think the young men need to listen to. You know, there's a little secret for all the brothers. In fact, ladies, plug your ears just real quick. Okay, for a minute. Don't don't listen to this. About five years into marriage, we had two little munchkins and things weren't clicking for us. And I was reading it was John Wooden's biography as he talked about writing a love letter to his wife every month or so on their anniversary. So I actually thought, okay, our anniversary was on the 25th. So I started writing Brie a love letter on the 25th every month, and she felt so loved. And so here's the key. Okay, don't tell your wife. When I forgot Valentine's or anniversary, which of course rarely ever happened, um, I was off the hook and she didn't even blink. So it's kind of a one of those beautiful things that worked out. <laughs> I know you're half joking, but in all seriousness, I've kept every one of those notes. I was going to actually bring them today and I forgot, mm. but it really does remind me. See, they really mean a lot to you. <laughs> I've kept every one, but it does remind me every month that no matter how busy we get or what issues we're working through, your love is steadfast and provides such security. Kisses. That's so weird. (laughs) Well, that is what we're talking about today. As we have mentioned, love. And we just sensed that with all the pressure Valentine's Day puts on everybody and the convoluted view, this is the key, the convoluted view of love in the world romance, hookups, hangouts, insecurities, Tinder, and whatever else, it would just be good to discuss true love and the type of love that God expects from his couple. And you found a special button I did. Episode, You're going right? to like this one. Here we go. Oh. I love and feeling. Love right. it. So let's kick this off by clarifying, just to kind of set the stage, the wrong view of love. And then we'll hit the 13 traits of true love. Uh, and my goal is that you and I share a story with each one of these. And maybe some will be good stories, some will be funny, and some will be sad. Um, I'm assuming that most of our date night family holds love as a pivotal part of marriage. Uh, and I'm sure that most of our listeners know uh, that Paul said any act of service word or even romance without love is just a noisy gong. So generally speaking, most of us agree that love's important. 
But the world has a very wrong view of love. And I think we need to clarify that, clarify that for everybody. So are you willing to do that? Sure. The secular world has a very skewed view of love and has taught us to use the word love, but not really understand what it means, especially in romantic relationships. So we need to make sure we're aware of three things love is not. Can you flush all three out? Sure. Uh, from the time we're little, society tells us that love is a feeling, mm-hmm. like a warm, fuzzy, tingly thing or that butterfly feeling inside your stomach. And all the rom-coms show the heart rate go up, the sweaty palms, and the long stares when the crush walks in the room. And the problem with that the is... problem with that, yeah. I'm going to do it to you right now. I'm going to look at you. Are you getting sweaty <laughs> palms? <laughs> When I those... am because Ezekiel is right now FaceTiming me on my podcast. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, iPad. do you want to answer it? You can answer it and tell him not to mess with us while we're doing <laughs> Should this. Should I? Yeah, go ahead. And okay. I'll just keep talking. Okay. So Bree's going to talk to Ezekiel. Hi, my love. There we go. This is real life happening right now in the pod. <laughs> Hi, my love. Hi. Guess what? You're on the podcast right now. All right. So make it quick. Yes, you can. I told Sissy that you can. Okay. Bye-bye. Don't call back. Love you. Bye. Okay. So anyway, when you have, <laughs> when you have the feelings, the problem with that is that when those initial, and everyone will get this, when those initial feelings go away, people begin to talk in the past tense. Like, you know, when we were in love or when we fell in love, as if the love is gone now that the feelings are gone. That makes sense? Yes. Yes. And now we're just roommates. And mm-hmm. now that the feelings are gone, love must be gone too. And that's why so many couples decide and quote their soulmate must be somewhere else or complain they're unhappy, unwanted, or unloved because love was just a feeling. And that leads to a second false view of love, where love is nothing but physical attraction. And I think this may be the most prevalent view nowadays. I I agree, but it's a total lie because our wedding day, the idea of physical attraction being love, here's the reason that's a lie. Our wedding day is the best that we're ever going to look. All right. So I'm not trying to be unkind, but you, you gals get all in shape and you get, you know, you spend five hours getting ready that morning and doing your hair. And even us guys, we're typically losing a few pounds. We run a tux. So this is it folks. I mean, it's all downhill from there. This is, this is the moment. And, and to me, this is one of Satan's greatest deceptions. You bet. And we use words like chemistry or soulmate or vibes or whatever to suggest that there's some cosmic the feels. force. Yes, the feels is the big one. Some cosmic force involved when in reality, external beauty is just one very small part of an healthy relationship. Yeah, and we wouldn't say attraction itself is mm-hmm. wrong, right? But mm-hmm. if it's not viewed through the lens of God and guided by the Word of God, then it can destroy. I mean, think about Samson or Delilah or David and Bathsheba. Both those cases, that's when love, air quote, was just defined by physical attraction and it led to massive suffering. And we got a ton of modern illustrations of that. We get them every day. Just look at Hollywood stars who recycle their marriages, heartache, alimony, Botox. And it, it's immediately obvious that physical attraction is not true love. Okay, one more. And this is more subtle. A lot of times the rom-coms will say love is having fun together Mm. or that our personalities just click. Hey, we just alliterated, I think. Feelings, (laughs) physicality, and fun. Kind of of alliterated. It's like a pastor's. Oh, interesting. Okay. (laughs) So having fun together would just be clicking, right? Right. The the idea in the rom-coms that we click. I think that one's interesting because obviously we do want to click and quote with our spouse and have fun. I mean, who wants to marry a bump bump on the log, stick in the mud? But if love is reduced to having fun or clicking, then what happens when we aren't having fun or clicking? Exactly. And this is where people in the secular world struggle because clicking is their best definition of love. But when clicking goes away, there's nothing left. I saw this from a friend who was raising a daughter with special needs and he was telling me, 
um, the work that he and his wife had to put in caring for his daughter. I mean, she was by this point in her early 20s, but they still had to feed her and clean her like a toddler. Um, and he was really honest with me. And he said, if I, it wasn't for Christ and for understanding real love, couples like us just don't make it. Because he was saying, I have to actually, you know, we have to clean her. We have to wipe her. Like when she goes to the bathroom, we have to bathe her. He said, the strain that puts on a marriage is just impossible to handle if it's all about feelings and about clicking. It's so way good. deeper than that. Yeah. And don't the modern divorce numbers prove They that? totally do. Mm-hmm. We have a society that for nearly 80 years has taught these things. Love is feelings, physicality, and fun. So when feelings, physicality, and fun are gone, so is the marriage. It yes. just blows up. And we know that some of you listening may be in this boat where you've only known the world's view of love. And this may be new, but we're praying this pod will help change how you view your spouse. We really do. And here's why. If your definition of love is just the warm fuzzies um, or fun, your relationship really doesn't show how much you each love your spouse, but actually how much you each love yourself. Oh, so good. And it's true. If love is what makes me feel good, then at the end of the day, all I found is a person who helps me enjoy me better. And that's a pretty eye-opening reality. And that's why Paul, as we're going to see, calls true love the more excellent way in 1 Corinthians 12, 31. And then in 1 Corinthians 13, he lists out, like we're going to the 13 traits of true love. And so for all of us who've been blindsided by the rom-com view, let's just take a step back and kind of reframe around God's word, um, all 13 love traits. And we'll try to tell a story with each one of these. All right, here we go. The 13 traits of true love. Do I get to sing again? That love. Okay. (laughs) Before you intro true love trait number one, let me tell this story, and then people can try to guess what love trait we are going to mention first. And everyone's already heard this. I've told it a million times, but let me do the short version. Year three of marriage. You remember this clearly. We were in our small condo, and the air conditioner broke, and Brie was doing her hair in the bedroom, and I had laid my clothes, ironed them and laid them out on the bed. So she pulled the big stand-up mirror over by the bed. And I was watching because it was in the evening. The hairspray was going over her hair because she had this massive can of hairspray. It was like, it's called Big Sexy or something. It was like a fire extinguisher. And she was holding it up and the hairspray was going up over her head and it was landing on my clothes. And I saw the molecules dancing in the, in the sunlight. <laughs> and so I walked over and I looked at her and she looked at me and I just, I stared. She stared at me. What's wrong? I said, molecules. I said, molecules. And then she looked at me like, you know, what do you mean molecules? And then I said it again. She went to the bathroom crying. And then she said these words I'll never forget through the bathroom door. She said, it wouldn't be a big deal, you know, if the shoe were on the other foot. And that's when I lost it. And I, I know this is wrong. I'm not saying it was right. I'm not bragging about it. It's just true. So I, I, I opened the door and I grabbed the can of hairspray. And yes, I flung open the closet. I turned around, I looked at her and I said, you don't think that this would be a big deal, huh? And then I just cut loose on her clothes. And I remember as I'm spraying them, I'm thinking I'm going to die right now, right? <laughs> so she cried and, and anything, you know, long story short, we worked it out, right? Yes. But let me just set the backdrop here. Obviously, even for those of us who are saved, we still wrestle with sin. Mm. And though we mortify it and we are more and more conformed to the image of Christ from one degree of glory to the next, until heaven, we're going to mess up. And that's what makes this first love trait so absolutely pivotal. Right. It is because we are two sinners that love is so vital. And true love trait number one speaks to this. Love is patient. Patient. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4, Paul writes, love is patient. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the Greek word for patient speaks of long suffering, especially amidst situations of anger. Yes, you're right. And here's the distinction between a worldly love and true love. 
Our flesh, we would call this the rom-com version, naturally fights back when we're hurt or treated unfairly. So I would imagine when I hairsprayed your clothes, you, you wanted to fight back. But true love, motivated by Jesus, responds with patience and is even willing to overlook offenses. Obviously not talking about abuse or illegality where we have to deal with things. But in the majority of day-to-day issues, and even in moral failures at times, you know, true love doesn't seek vengeance. And it's impossible to overstate how important this is to a healthy relationship. Because the fact is, we're going to sin and hurt each other. And the only hope we have for lasting intimacy is a forgiving heart. Yep. The problem here is obvious. If one person messes up and the other fires back, the bullets just keep flying. Mm-hmm. And rarely ends up ends until somebody throws in the towel. If I'd hairsprayed your clothes, then you come out with another can spray and back. You know, the things get out of control really quick. Really quick. They never resolve. I've had my moments too. No, you're perfect. Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. True love trait number two. But before we name it, let's go ahead and share a quick story. Sadly, this type of stuff happens way too often, but there was a couple on their honeymoon and the husband made a joke about how his wife looked in her nightgown and that one comment clung to her for years. And as a woman, it's hard to imagine the hurt she felt and how long they dealt with that. Yep. This is a big one. Love trait number two is kindness. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul moves from the passive response to the active. Whereas patience is the response when we're hurt, kindness is the ongoing affirmation of your spouse uh, and his or her needs over your own. And this is the exact opposite of the world's kind of quid pro quo, we would call it, where I give so long as I get. Right. And biblical love is not based on what we get. It's not you do for me and I'll do for you. Kindness is looking for ways to encourage, to uplift, to compliment and show affection, even if the same kindness isn't reciprocated. And this is huge for young couples, right? Because Mm -hmm. You go back to when we began, the world's love, when you started in the podcast, the world's love is based on feelings and fun. So if you're getting the feels and it's really fun, then it's natural to reciprocate. But biblical love doesn't focus on the fun things we do together, but the kind things we do for each other. So, and that's even in the normal mundane and painful moments of life. And this requires a deep spiritual life. Speaking just as a wife, I know you've got battles to fight. I know you're with men a lot of the day, and I know you'll sometimes forget about me. Or no. Use, or use words too no, sharp. No, it doesn't matter where I am. You're always <laughs> forefront of my mind. But the beauty of morning devotions and unceasing prayers that the Lord fills my love tank with kindness, even when it may not be reciprocated. <laughs> Who, me, Mr. Sensitivity? Yes. All right. I'll start with the story this time because this was a major struggle in my BC days and you paid the price, Ooh, didn't you? I know what this is going to be. Yes. So when we were dating and almost engaged, there were other girls at the church you knew um, that hadn't sealed the deal. They knew that you hadn't sealed Girls the at deal. church that I knew that, wait, so when we were engaged, there's other girls at church who, who knew. knew that we hadn't sealed the deal. We were yes. not engaged yet. Yes. And let's just Almost say, engaged. Yes. Let's just say they were a little aggressive. (laughs) Can you blame them? Oh, gross. So I really struggled mentally. And even when you were an intern and you'd simply be greeting people or after service, when someone would ask for prayer, I held resentment because of the sin of jealousy. And actually remember after we were engaged, sitting down with one of the college girls in the back of the sanctuary to apologize Mm. for how I had behaved towards her. Wow. I think we've all felt this one, and so you know, you're you're really noble, and that's gracious for you to share the story. But we've all felt it. Love trait number three is we are not jealous. jealous. Rivalry, competition, and faction 
um, that comes with relationship is the backdrop of most every fight, every war, every fable, legend, story in human history. That's why they call it archetypal. I mean, it literally is just the story of man. Mm -hmm. So how would you define a non-jealous love? I, I would just say it's a love that doesn't demand first place. It's a love that allows others to succeed without reprisal, a love that doesn't need the spotlight. Um, and I would just say this is something both men and women are guilty of. Mm -hmm. The guys, because we will start off dating or courting our wife as if she's number one. And then within days after the wedding, we stop pursuing her, leading her, loving her, showering her, you know. But that's true with the gals too, where they'll dress up and do their hair and smile and follow. And then within days after the wedding, it feels almost like a con job. You know, the point being, it's easy for both men and women to put on a show of selfless love kind of an attention-giving love, a non-demanding love until the truth comes out. And then it's demanding, demanding, demanding. You didn't pay attention to me. And that that can feel for many like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. Mm, that makes sense. But but God wants the opposite for mm -hmm. us. He wants us to celebrate our spouse, cheer their successes, applaud Christ working through them, and supporting their gifts and skills and abilities. Amen. And I would say, although you've shared that you were a little bit jealous in the early years, um, you are an incredible, incredibly sensitive and selfless wife today. Praise be to God. I, I've got an easy story for number four. Okay, here we go. Let's make the turn. Just a minute ago, we were talking about how you struggle with jealousy, and I made a crack about what a stud that I was. <laughs> According to Paul, that's ex absolutely not biblical love. Okay? Now, obviously, that was a joke. Are you sure? Uh, it was. <laughs> The, rea the reality is this happens all the time where one spouse may err on the side of jealousy because maybe they're more on the quiet side or passive. You know, the other spouse may err on the boastful side where they're more gregarious and outgoing or they feel like they're too big for their britches, successful, whatever. And that's not right either. And that leads to true love trait number four. Mm -hmm. Love does, does not, not brag. brag. You don't know anyone like this, do you? <laughs> You're just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just like I'm not to be jealous, Tone isn't to be re reminding me how lucky I am to have him or what other prospects are out there or how his salary is bigger than mine or how other people view him as the best at work. All and figuratively it, speaking, right, of course. Yeah. Yes. And the same is true for the wife. She isn't to keep her husband insecure by bragging about Instagram followers or men who ogle at her at the store or mm -hmm. promotions at work. You know, the yeah, list goes on. Exactly. The point Paul's making is that true love is humble. Mm -hmm. It's like Christ. Jesus was the son of God. He not only owns the universe, he made it, yet he chose a path of silence when he was challenged by mere little earthlings. And that's the key. Christ in ourselves, we can't do this. But in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, we can't. He came he conquered. He offers his help, his example, his power, his very righteousness. So true love always revolves around and flows from Christ. Amen. Okay. We're going to be out of time. I'm looking at the list here, and we've nailed four, and we have another nine more, nine more to go. So let's hit pause. And what we'll do is we'll hit the last 10 next week or nine next week and try to answer a few of the Valentine's Day questions from Instagram as well, because I believe we're going to be leading right up to Valentine's Day. Yes, that's perfect. Yeah. So let's go ahead and let's plan to do that. We'll be back. We'll do seven days from now with the next podcast, part two on this subject, and then we'll answer a few of your questions. In fact, keep sending them in if you want, and we'll keep answering them. Let's go ahead and let's pray. Let's pray for our homes, pray for our marriages, especially more than anything today that we will love our spouse above ourselves. Lord, our world doesn't understand love because they don't know you, but we do. And we've been saved by love. We've been transformed by love. We've been given grace to love. So help us. 
to take off the world's false view and to put on your true view. Strengthening our marriages, guiding our kids, increasing our joys, multiplying our impact for your great glory and others' great good, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Date Night fam, a heaping big thanks to the splendid members of Mission Bible. Ethan, our producer, Lord willing, we will be hanging again in 168 hours. So until then, keep living for the gospel and fighting for the family.